like scary stories, if you like tasty beers, open up your mouth holes and open up your ears for... It's time to engage the podcast machine. Yeah, the podcast machines, they're up, they're going, they're running, we're podcasting. These are all the things. And starting on Monday in the United Kingdom, for our listeners in the United Kingdom, if you have a dog, they are introducing a brand new television network called Dog TV. (laughs) Oh, wait, we have that here in America. (laughs) We do. So, friends in the UK... Congrats, your puppos now have a network dedicated specifically to them, and it was created after three years of research, and it will air science. Three years of research. What was it? Hey, do you like dogs? Yes. Everybody says yes. We just make a TV show out of this. I think three years of research was showing YouTube videos to various dogs on an iPod and being like, do you like this? Do you like this? Do you like this? Wag your tail twice if you like this one. Tails are wagging whenever we put this program on. So it seems to be popular with dogs. It has been tested to a, it. The aim is to alleviate symptoms of conditions such as separation anxiety, oh. loneliness, and stress. Um, and it will also help owners better understand and look after their pets. Oh my God! Better understand and oh, you know what? Rufus doesn't appreciate this show very much, yeah, but Ruf- we've got one of his favorites on the TiVo. Yep. So he doesn't like the squirrels. So maybe I should stop bringing the squirrels around. Um, but yeah, we've got to turn back to the fishing show. He seems to enjoy the water, finds it peaceful. Yep. And then I hope there's like educational programming on like, here's how you don't create separation anxiety in your puppo. Although I feel like most dogs nowadays in the last two years will have a lot of separation anxiety. There's literally nothing you can do about it. Their humans are around all the time and soon they will not be around all the time. Yeah. It's interesting because it feels, when you were saying it, I was like, oh, it's like a COVID thing. All these dogs have separation anxiety. But three years of the making, these people saw the future. Are we questioning these people? They knew COVID was going to happen. Maybe they released it. Oh my God. It was for dog TV. It was how they were going to get a corner on the market of dog television and how they're going to make their like media conglomerate. Yeah, we've TV. killed we've killed millions of people worldwide for dogs, but it was worth it because yeah. dog TV are happy. Yeah, you know what? That's a sacrifice I'd be willing to make. Collateral Wuhan damage. Lab. Wuhan lab, my ass. Just a little TV station in Surrey. That's it. That's what did it. <laughs> That's what did it. What I'm trying to figure out is it was Ted Lasso. What I'm trying to figure out is is well, who's paying for this? Like Who you cares? can't sell ads. Against dog programming. Petco, you can get I, all sorts I think of... you probably can. Oh, yeah. But, uh, no, but like... Dog is groomers, it, wait, wait, wait. it's am, like am local mis- Am I misunderstanding this? Is this content for dogs For sometimes? the dogs, yes. It is mostly that, for well, dogs. Is the dog going like, to like nudge the owner and go like, look at this kibble that they were just... Well, the owner so- yes, yes. Yeah, you're going to come home from a long day at work. Your dog's going to be like, yo, buddy, what's up? There's a new flavor of sausages. Can we get that the Can next time you run ions? out to the to that's, the grocery store? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, I'm These assuming. These motherfuckers don't know how to say, yes, I want the pork, beef, and fish flavor. <laughs> I'm sure the programming will also be dedicated to mom and dad, to Papo, mom and dad. But if it's but like the kind you of thing where you watch? leave it on during the day to like, 
Yeah, because like my mom and dad used to leave on like the radio for the dog because like it's good for them to have but something see, to listen the, to. The parents are home though because assuming they're still working from home, COVID time, you pop on the telly and that's still playing in the background. You subliminally, as the oh, owner, yeah, I suppose, are now going to hear it. So this is like if yeah, you have like a dog a with separation dog. anxiety, this is the dog version of Bluey. Yeah, like that's what this is. Yeah, Bluey. This is the dog Coco Melon. Like, what's a Bluey? It's a, it's a television show for children. Oh, <laughs> yes, it's just like that. <laughs> Bob clearly has I, children. I can confirm it is exactly like that thing I didn't know existed. <laughs> just asked about. <laughs> You're like, what's a bluey? It's who's a bluey? And yeah, and he, and yes, it's just is, like that. <laughs> the star of I have I have young uh, grand nieces and nephews and that love a they bluey. love the bluey. Love the bluey. Love the bluey. Man, you know, speaking of blueys, hi, Mister <laughs> Work. Bluey, blowy. You know where I was going with it. Engineer Bob knew where I was going with it. <laughs> Uh, well, I thought we were talking about dog treats. I gotta, I gotta be super honest with you. Sure. Uh, welcome to the Booze and Brews podcast. We are the podcast where we tell each other ghost stories. We drink thematically appropriate beer, and we're the best at transitions that make no sense. Yeah, a thousand percent. I've been doing this for three years. We're real good at it. You know what? You know what? They can't all be winners. There's a lot of really good ones out there. Yes. And we just this didn't was find not it. one of those. We that's okay, it. though. It wasn't there, and that's, that's okay. Fine. That's yeah. fine. Sometimes you got to embrace the mediocrity that comes to you. You know what? And it's me, so it's mostly mediocrity that comes out How of this. Fucking dare you! Do not speak like that about my best friend. She's do not amazing. speak so, ill of the dead. Me, I'm not dead. <laughs> of the dead. Of the I, undead. Did I, did I die? Am I a zombie? <laughs> Did I die? Am I dead? Do I have my own TV channel? The is dog have one. Is, <laughs> where's where's my fucking Baggins? ghost show? I need Zach Baggins here to talk about my ghost. Welcome <laughs> to Undead TV, where you learn to take care of your vampire, zombie, and or ghoul. I'm your host, uh, Philip, Philip Crundleton. Today Philip we're going Crundleton. to teach you how to feed your zombies. Here's a, a wonderful brains recipe. Yeah. I like the, the concept that the ghost's name is Fib Fib Crundleton. Yeah. <laughs> I like to imagine there's a, a show where it's just it's just Zach Baggins screaming at you because that's what he does to ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just 22, 22 minutes because commercial breaks screaming. of Zach Baggins screaming, manifest yourself. All these ghosts like, I wish he would I wish he would have come just to ask the, nicely to, to my haunt. But he never came. So it's yeah. this video of ghosts being disappointed. Of him, of him screaming at you so you can yeah. pretend as though he had come to visit your insane asylum where you died yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He holds up like one of those red bouncy balls and he's like, Can you push this ball? And they're like, I can. And, and they try and poke through the TV screen. Yes. Poor little ghosties. Poor ghosties. Poor little ghosties. Well, sadly, I don't think there's any Baggins this week. No, I don't have a Baggins reference. No, uh, there'll be there'll Fine. be more Baggins next month. That's how this works. But yeah. no Baggins this week. But uh, but uh, but some ghosts. But for ghosts. Sure. You know, it's really funny that we have a show about ghosts and beer, and we decided to talk about ghosts this week. Yeah, and beer. Speaking of our beer this week, yeah, is from Salt Fire Brewing Company, which is out of Salt Lake City. And it is a summer blonde ale 
for those late summer days, although it's now solidly fall and it is currently winter. snowing. It is. It looks yeah, like on, winter outside by me. It's Snowtown out there. Winter yeah. Wonderland. Mm-hmm. But I'm drinking a summer blonde ale because it's 70 degrees here. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> um, called Charlotte Sometimes. Yep. And, and as you know, we like to find roundabout ways to tie in these episode ideas. Yeah, we do. Not sure. this week, no. motherfuckers. No, we went straight Charlotte, to the source. Charlotte Sometimes. Haunted Charlotte. Haunted Charlotte. There's a we did it. Fucking we did city. it. Oh, it's amazing. If there's a thematically appropriate beer this and you it. go straight, this is it to the theme this with your wins. story. Is it even a booze and bruise podcast? It is I now. know, but it is I know now. we we really took the low hanging fruit on this one. We I'm did. shocked. Look, it was late. <laughs> we were tired, and we said, "Fuck it." We said, "Fuck it, Charlotte," and Charlotte. then we were like, "Is Charlotte haunted?" I'm sure it's the South. I It'll did, be fine. Yeah, exactly. I did a quick Googs found a thing and i was like yep we're good yeah we're good we're, we're good. good charlotte has to be loaded with ghosts yeah there are some and and tuna yeah. you should tell us about one i did i did because this was so literal i did try to purposefully uh misunderstand the assignment of course you did and find a ghost named charlotte, charlotte. Mm-hmm. or a a not charlotte in america mm-hmm. to to uh but i didn't end um, up doing that Oh, you, you actually just, did the assignment as fucking I, given? Yep, I just picked a haunted location in Charlotte. I'm proud of you. So I'm going to tell you about the Dunhill Hotel. Ooh. Ooh. Yes, it's a whole hill of, of duns. So the Dunhill Hotel. Wow. I have barely sipped this beer. You haven't had any drinks yet. Because as as. You have missed out because the content off mic is really strong, you guys. This beer poured as 75% bubbles. Bubbles. So there's no beer that has been consumed. So many bubbles. Um, Okay, so the Dunhill Hotel was completed in a great time to complete a big fancy hotel in November of 1929. That's a really great time to open a fancy hotel. So many people yeah, uh, lots of people have a lot of extra money. spending money. Yeah, 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 so much spending uh, money. April twentieth, eighteen sixty nine. Nice. Four twenty sixty nine, baby. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, um, when it originally opened in November of nineteen twenty nine, it was called the Mayflower Manor Hotel and Apartments. Ooh. Hotel and Casino. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> tires shop. fixed also. Yeah. Um, and so it was originally half hotel, half um, like apartments. apartments, like long term housing. So it's not just a clever name. You're not just a clever name. Um, the original like listing said it's for permanent and transient residents. And well, I was there like, were a lot of transients at that time. I was like, that word means something different now. It does. It does. Um, so as it opened a mere month after the stock market crash of uh, which decimated the American de- economy, um, they they knew they were going to open it. They'd been working on it. They hadn't 100% decided on a name yet. But then after the stock market crash, they decided to call it the Mayflower to as a, quote, call back to the resiliency of Americans. I was like, one... They weren't the American. Mayflower didn't have Americans. There, weren't a, there wasn't sure. a single solitary American on that ship. 
And a lot of those fuckers died. So that feels like a weird flex. You know, but it's true of the whole Great Depression thing. A lot of Americans died. (laughs) A lot of people died. And and some of them weren't Americans. And still we forged forward. It doesn't matter how many people die. We just keep going. Look around you today. Yeah, we just sacrifice these bitches left and right. Yep. And we're going to come back to the dead people, obviously. Obviously. Um, so anyway, so this opened a month after the stock market crash. And actually, because it was a, a very big hotel, especially for the time in Charlotte, it was like one of the largest hotels. They called it um, Charlotte's, quote, largest and finest building. Ooh, mm. okay. It's also it's 10 stories tall. It's 100 rooms. So 50 for transients <laughs> and 50 for long term residents. Um, so it's it's like the tallest building in Uptown Charlotte at this point. Okay. Um, and it's very fancy and it created a bunch of jobs. So it actually put a lot of people who were recently out of work yeah, to, to work, work in Charlotte, which was great. Yeah. They had no one in the hotels, but yeah. damn it, they had the cleanest yeah. well, hotel and the people, in the city. The people who could like afford bread still wanted to stay there because it was nice and fancy. Right. They still had money. Oh. They were going to flaunt that in the faces yeah. of those who had nothing. Yeah, um, America. And, and speaking of circling around to the dead people, what it became really well known for throughout most of the 1930s Morphine. was the fact that it was a publicly open building. It's a hotel, so you can just walk into the lobby, go in the elevator, mm-hmm. take it all the way up to the top of that 10th oh. floor, which is the tallest building around. And, and lots of people off. who couldn't afford bread like to jump off the top of it. Ah, yes. Oh. You know, it's making a statement as well. Yeah. I thumb my nose at capitalism. And I'm about to smash my face into the sidewalk. Yeah, I thumb my nose at capitalism and then I smash it on the concrete below. Below. America. It soon became known as the Red Lord Inn because of the blood. That would have been way Way cooler. Yeah. That would have been much, much cooler. They didn't do that. They just went, yeah, sometimes people jump off the roof. What you gonna do? Shrug emoji. Shrug emoji. Oh. I can't fix it. So despite the stock market crash and the rampant suicide. Yeah. uh, Death by life ending fallingness. Yep. Don't know what we're supposed to call it these days. Um, The hotel was actually very popular and thrived for like 30 years. Oh, my God. It was like a a good, nice hotel. It did really well. Um, It started to decline through the 60s and 70s, probably because it's a 30-year-old hotel at this point. Like, it doesn't have the modern amenities that Americans are used to. Oh, especially after the war. Like like inside toilets. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I assume not. I mean, a hundred rooms, private yeah. bathrooms, yeah. probably small shitty rooms too. No, um, everybody's so in there ni- pooping in the same toilet, getting polio from each other. Gross. Yeah, everyone's in the in the polio toilets. It's actually what the sign says over the door: polio yeah. toilet, polio toilets, polio toilets, toilets. I can't. It sounds like a really shitty breakfast cereal. Ah! Polio toilets. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Comes with a free iron lung in every box. Yes. <laughs> or take it to a free iron Come, lung. Comes comes with those those crutchy sticks. Oh yeah, the crutchy Jesus. sticks. <laughs> um, so it was not very popular through the sixties and seventies, and by nineteen eighty one it had closed its doors. And then it was just empty. It was vacant for a long fucking time. Oh, wow. For years and years. And then in uh, 1988, so about seven, eight years later, it was purchased by two real estate developers who spent $6 million in in 88 to refurbish it and turn it into a 100% a hotel. Okay. 
So this involved a lot of bringing things up to code, updating, oh, yeah. updating all this shit. And, and it was nice, but it still wasn't that nice oh. because it was such an old building. Um, but this is when it became the um, Dunhill Hotel. Okay. Um, so it was it was fancy, but like not fancy enough. It was like it was a three popular. star hotel. Three star. It was kind of popular, but then quickly not that popular because the oh. novelty of it wore off, and it again shuttered within two years. Oh man! Yeah, it's like they instead just, of they, being like a double tree where they gave you cookies, right. they just gave you polio like, toilets. Pff, I they wasn't going to say that. I was going to say saltine like, crackers, but oh, you know, salt, okay, saltine. You still got yeah, something yeah. to eat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. I think it was eighty-eight. So they they probably gave you cocaine. cocaine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, quaaludes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Special K. A, that does seem like yeah. a value add. Yeah, they gave you a Dan Quayle haircut in quaaludes, like oh. gift with purchase, and and it just showed American Psycho over and over on television yeah, on a loop. Yep. Um, so again, so it shuttered um, uh, again in nineteen ninety, and then uh, no one bought it. So then a bank bought it. Oh. And then it sold in foreclosure to another set of two real estate developers who had better plans, and their names were Doyle Parrish and Gene Singleton. What? Oh my no. god! Oh, no this relation. Is a, this is a family business. You don't know that. I, you I was also that. like, these are two fine Irishmen. I assume Doyle, Doyle? Parrish and yeah. Gene, Gene Singleton. Sing- that is the most Irish. Those are the Irishest yeah. of Irish names. Yeah, we're gonna build a new hotel. Yeah, j- just short of Finnegan O'Malarkey. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Finnegan Blarney Stone. Yeah. <laughs> was, a, was a silent partner. Um, so what they did is they spent a lot of money to refurbish it as well, but they actually fucking refurbished it. They gutted a lot of the hotel. They went from 100 rooms to 60 rooms, okay. which is oh, probably a more fat rooms. Fat probably rooms. a more appropriate hotel size yeah. for the 90s. For sure. Um, and they, instead of trying to make it like modern day, mm-hmm. they uh, they threw it back to when it was originally popular in the 1930s. Smart. So they Smart. like embraced the historic roots of it all. Yep. Um, and so they made it the 1930s version of fancy, but with modern day amenities. Um, and it pretty quickly caught on. Uh, people liked it much more in this iteration. Yeah. Um, and then it was accepted into the... Uh, Historic Hotels of America Association. And then pretty quickly after that, it got a National Historic Landmark designation. Can't fuck with this building no more. Yeah. And then it actually became so successful that in 2017, from the Historic Hotels of America Association, it won Best Historic Hotel, like small hotel or boutique hotel because there are only 60 rooms. So it is a nice hotel that harkens back to its roots. Yeah. Yeah, they did. It was a good idea. It worked out for them. Good job, everybody. Um, so this hotel is currently open and available to course, stay at. Of course, it in is. Uptown Charlotte, it's the only historic hotel in Uptown Charlotte. It's also the only piece of the Charlotte skyline that oh. is from before the like 1970s. Wow, because hmm. it's Charlotte, so very old modern, and so big. City. Yeah, th- yeah, that's what they don't tell you about Old Town Charlotte is how modern it is. It's very modern. What's um, old and again? I, yeah. I did look to see if I was going to stay there next weekend, how much it would cost. And depending on how fancy of a room I want, right? it's about 250 to 300 bucks a night for a room. That's not bad. So it's like, a, it's like a little pricey, but like nice not, for the room. Yeah, yeah for sure. Seems nice. Seems nice. And with that price, you, of course, 
I guess I'm ghost. Oh, good. You know what? I love when ghost is a gift with purchase. Yeah, yeah included. So apparently this hotel has been haunted ever since it fucking opened. Oh, there are like news reports and like old stories about people who worked as housekeepers or maintenance people or bellhops back in the 40s and 50s and are like, yeah, that hotel's fucking haunted because all these goddamn people jumped off the roof. It was raining men. Literally. Hallelujah. 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 Not hallelujah. Um, So people, a lot of the report, they're very classic hauntiness, like noises, knocking on walls, a lot of like phantom smells in rooms. So like Mm. cigarette smoke, like nonstop farts. farts. Just farts. Polio farts. Polio farts. (laughs) (laughs) They have a special smell to them. Yeah. Um, And things uh, like moving around rooms when they're no one else touched them. Um, And a lot of the cleaning staff would say that like sometimes you'd be walking down like the hallway, you'd get hit with like icy cold like wind and you would suddenly feel like so incredibly hopeless hopeless. like there's nothing like you should probably jump off the roof of the building yeah um i don't know that it ever drove anyone else because it seems very short-lived but they would just be like oh yeah that's like a a pot that's a sad ghost pocket right there (laughs) stay away from that unless you want to feel sad if you're if you think you're too happy today go stand yeah go stand in the sad, sad ghost pocket um i found one firsthand account from a visitor who stayed there in the 1980s so this was back when it was like an 80s version of a hotel before it became historic y right um, but she stayed there for one night in the late 1980s and she like had had a long day and then she like crawls into bed at the end of the day. She tries to go to sleep and she keeps hearing like someone walking around on the floor upstairs. Mm. And she's like, this is so annoying. That guy upstairs is being so loud. And then she's like, mm, wait a minute. I'm on the top floor. Oh, no. Ooh. And then she's like, it sounds like there's someone stomp it around on the roof which is weird so then she goes over to her window to be like can i see up there is there like is there actually someone up there and as she goes over to her window something flies past it oh man so then she looks down it and was she a sees duck a- it was not a big deal don't worry <laughs> calm down she looks down and she sees a crumpled body and a pool of rapidly expanding blood on wow. the sidewalk oh, out front the red lawn Damn, that is That's not... That's why it would have been a much cooler name, man. But, man, that, um, is, that is not a ghosty experience. I would have called cops. I would have... Yes. So she picks up the phone to call 911. Phone's dead. Oh, God! Phone doesn't work. And it's the 80s. She didn't have a cell phone. No, there so were no So she runs phones. downstairs to the front desk, and they're like, really? And so they go outside, and they get a bunch of staff to join her, and they look. There's nothing out there. Oh, man. Like, there's That's absolutely spooky. nothing there. And she's like, what the actual fuck? I swear to God. And she goes back up to her room, and she's like, "I." she tries to put it out of her mind, and then, like, I don't know, an hour later, she hears footsteps again. Oh, my God. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? And then she's, like, staring at the window, and then she sees something fly past the window again. And then she goes out and she looks and this time she watches and she's like, she sees the body hit. She sees the blood start like moving away from it. And then it really slowly just kind of dissolves into the darkness of the the concrete out front. And it does this all night, all night long. There's this cycle of the footsteps, the falling, the the bloody body disappearing starts again. The red lawn. Yes. The the red red lawn. Um, so she was like, this was the worst night in a hotel ever. Yeah. One star. Do not recommend. I would um, not want to come back to death hotel. 
Yes. And as you can imagine, this really stuck with her. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So much so that it, she started to, she got really fascinated by like what this could be. And she started doing a lot of research and she eventually found like old microfiche of old uh, like newspaper articles and um, a man named Alfred P. Foster committed suicide in the front of that building on that exact night. I thought you were going to say Alfred P. Falls Down Fast. <laughs> Alfred P. Falls Down. Alfred P. Falls Down committed suicide on that exact night like 50 years earlier. Wow. So it was the anniversary of his death and he just kept reliving it over and over again. That's not a night I'd want to like celebrate. Hey. Worst accident I ever, ever seen. seen. <laughs> yeah, it's Large Marge all over again. It's not great. Ugh. Um... Uh, but the most popular ghost story to come out of the Dunhill Hotel is a ghost that everyone has affectionately nicknamed Dusty. Dusty. Just crop yes. dust and farts all up and down the hotel. Not, Dusty. not quite. So Dusty, they're pretty sure they don't really know who he is, but they're pretty sure they know why he haunts. Because when they were doing those renovations to turn the hotel first into a hotel in the 1980s, as they were doing some demolition down in the basement, in a corner, they found a dust-covered human skull. Oh, oh. Tight. Not Tight. buried, just in a corner. Just hanging out. Never found the rest of the body. That's... Was confirmed to actually be a male human skull. No idea why it was just fucking down there I in the basement. Like some sort of satanic ritual. Call in Zach Baggins. He yeah. should have been on the case. Too bad in the 19, what year was this? 80s? This was in the 80s. Uh, he was too young. He was like, what? No, he was in his 20s. He was he was he a man fascinated by the... He's in his 20s? How old do you think Zach Baggins is? I think he's old. I think he's a man you beyond time. Okay. 60? All right, fine. He, in his in the 80s, he was maybe in his teens. He was he probably was, in his teens. He was probably 10. So what? He could have had a life of fucking haunting at 10? He was 10? Like 10 in like fucking Michigan or something. How the fuck old is this guy? Uh, you know, it's funny. I did a Patreon episode about him once. You I don't remember. See, he's not 60, though. He's got to be in his 40s, is my guess. All right. All right. We'll see. All right. You Google. You find out. Um, but anyway, so they have nicknamed him Dusty because of his Dusty skull. Um, and he's 44. He's, he's 44. He was born in 77. So he would have been alive. So he, he would have been a very young ghost adventurer. So he was not 20 in the 1980s. He could have been a very young ghost adventurer. He could have. He wasn't. He or was he wasn't on towards 20, though. <laughs> he wasn't in Charlotte ghost hunting. No. Okay, fine. Fine. At you, 11. You win. I concede. Continue. Okay. Sometimes we both just admit that I'm right. Yes, you are correct. I am wrong. Proceed. Zach Baggins is 69 years old. Nice. Nice. Nice, nice 420. His birthday is 42069. 42069. He end. was born at 469 in the morning. At 469 in the morning. <laughs> yep. yep. You can get it. It's 709, but we like to call it 469. 469. <laughs> um, anyway. Hey, I'm Anyway, back to Dusty. So Dusty. So Dusty. So Dusty, they think he's primarily hangs out in room 906, which some people do like request and try and get room 906. It's the most haunted room. Right. 
Um, and most of his ness is like pretty general ghostiness. Like he turns electronics off and on. He turns the lights off and on. Uh, he will like knock on the door and there's no one there or like knock on the walls. Sometimes he moves objects um, around the room. But how they know that it's dusty is because most people, if they experience anything in the room, it's that they experiencing they experience uh, like a weird cold chill. That starts at the back of their neck and only goes up to the back of their head. Nowhere else on their body. Because he has no body. Or they think he's jealous of people's heads. (laughs) How Um, dare you? Your head's still um, connected to your neck. Or they like they get cold and then weirdly like they're from the neck up they'll feel numb. Ooh. What if he's like their head jealous of people's bodies because he doesn't have one anymore? He's still yeah, maybe that's probably that's probably more true. Yeah, Yeah. he's like Um, my head got chopped off. Now I chop off your head. Yeah, or uh, so so basically they feel like coldness, tingling, numbiness. That's only neck and head related. Nice. But the creepiest is that sometimes people will like feel cold, and then suddenly they'll feel as if someone is very lightly traipsing fingers along the back of their neck. Oh, he's got a weird fetish. I'm just gonna pop your head off and put my head in its place, and I hope that's okay with you. That's a great dusty voice. Thank you. <laughs> I bet that's what he sounded like. <laughs> anyway, so that is the story of the Dunhill Hotel in Charlotte. Conjure Charlotte. I did it. You did it. I did it. I, I did it. I did it right. I didn't. I tried to fuck it up, but I did it. But you didn't. I'm so proud. Let's see if Melly did it. Stick around and find out. Hi, everyone. It's your old pal, Dusty, and I just noticed you have a body and I want it. Hey, anyway, go to iTunes and submit a review for the Booze and Brews podcast. Five stars and say nice things about them. Also, go to patreon.com slash booze and brews where you can get audio episodes, video episodes, and show sketches from the very talented Engineer Bob. And I'd also like to thank William Crow, the new subscriber. You're a great guy, William. Also, social media websites. You, we've got him. You've got him. Come talk to us. We have a Facebook at Booze and Bruce. We have an Instagram at Booze and Bruce Podcast. We have a Twitter at Booze and Bruce. Make sure to take a photograph of your neck and tag me in it so I know what to go for next. Did Melissa understand the Charlotte assignment? Listen okay. in and find out. It's happening right now. If you're already listening, you're doing a great job. You did it's happening now. I am podcast mom, so obviously I did the assignment correctly. It's me we're talking about, you guys. So. I don't know. Maybe you. I did it right, so maybe you did it wrong. Maybe it's an upside down Tuesday. I don't know. We're in the upside down. No, we are not. We are still in real life. Maybe you're Bizarro Tuna today. (laughs) Yes, please listen to Bizarro Tuna. This is me. This is me, Bizarro Tuna. I'm here to tell you about not Charlotte, but I am going to tell you about. I know how to correctly pronounce all the names. Because I'm reverse tuna. <laughs> Bizarro tuna. No, I am here to tell you about the Duke Mansion. Duke Mansion. Duke Mansion. Built in 1915, Zebulon Taylor. What the fuck? Zebulon? I was unaware we could name children things like that. Uh, yeah, you can and you should. Zebulon is like not as rare of a name as you'd think because I've heard of other people named Zebulon. They I go by Zeb. I'm 99% sure that they are from outer space. Oh, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you are. Yeah. Not 99, babe. You should be 100%. Mm, well, I want to see where this story goes before I can. Okay, so this is, this is, the this only... is an alien mansion. 
it was constructed by an alien. Yes, this is the start and the end of our uh, interaction with Zebulon. Just the fact that I'm Zebulon so Taylor sad. built the home. So he constructed it, had it built in 1915. And this is a fine example of colonial revival architecture um, and was made famous. The house was made famous by its second owner, a man named James Buchanan Buck Duke. Buck Duke does not have Buck? a good ring. Okay, Doesn't Buck Duke name. is not nearly as fuckable as Zebulon is. No, Zebulon is oh, it's a good fuckable name. Zebulon fucks. Zebulon yeah. is from of Hebrew origin, oh. meaning exalted or honored. Or alien hey, from outer space. Fi- you know what? I'm so popular. I'm pretty Zebulon. Man, so, you so Zeb. you getting, you, you, yo, you getting Zebulon this weekend? You getting Zebulon? You getting Zebbed? You getting Zebbed? You getting Zeb? Yeah, getting right. getting yeah. Zebby? Get, getting Zebby yeah, my bros with it. always say that I'm pretty Zebbed. Bro. Yeah, man. We're, we're going to make this happen. So, I'm zebbing out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so on March 8th, 1919, Duke bought the property and um, an additional 15 acres of land nearby and immediately got to work McMansioning the shit out of this house. It was already a mansion. It is now a super duper super duper mansion well because at first it was a mansion for aliens right so and now it has to be a mansion for humans for an american and as we all know americans require super duper mansions yeah if there's one thing you know about duke buck is that he is an american other way around buck and him too yeah him too but American Buck Buck and Buck Duke, Duke, both americans nothing okay i did not sadly do research into mr duke's ass bummer um but anyway you lose this week sorry he spent duke he spent the <laughs> next four years transforming the house into a 45 room 12 bath behemoth for two purposes one he was doing more business in charlotte so he needed a home and then two he needed to introduce his one child doris to the southern way of life so he built a 45 room 12 bathroom mansion for one snotty little brat that's so it. your your house is like the same size as my hotel. Correct. And way less people ever stayed in this house. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. <clears throat> um, so why would Buck need to expose? And this is his second house. This is not his main house. No, this is not his main house. This is like his fourth or fifth house. Because as I'm about to tell you, Mr. Duke is very wealthy. Oh, my God. Oh. He's the Elon Musk of his day. A little bit. Um, so... No, Mr. Yeah, known Buck. for great memes on the Telegraph or whatever the fuck they did him on back then. Yeah, well, not that was a good joke. You should have laughed really. at it. He, <laughs> sorry, he needed to uh, introduce his daughter to the Southern way of life because Mr. Duke um, is the owner of a very popular, very large tobacco company. Oh, okay. oh tobacco, tobacco, Duke tobacco, s- Southern. Mm. Um, so after inheriting Duke uh, till you puke Duke tobacco Duke tobacco Duke till you puke is just pooping your guts out <laughs> <laughs> I love it um, what is do we know his daughter's name Doris and if you listen to our Patreon boy do I have a true crime story for you about Doris oh Ooh. fuck I'm excited so yes what yeah. happened to Doris I will tell you it's not what happened to Doris it's what Doris did Oh, I like it even more. Hashtag feminism. I made an assumption. You did. I shouldn't have. No, you shouldn't have. Doctors can be women. Serial killers can be women. <laughs> it's all everything. Hashtag feminism. Tobacco magnets can be women. It's true, but not in this case. 
So Mr. Duke inherited a tobacco company from his father and he grew it uh, so much so that in 1890, Duke controlled 40% of the cigarette market. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah, because he had bought or he had licensed the patent for the cigarette rolling machine because at that point you were just selling loose tobacco that you had to roll in papers yourself. And so by buying this tobacco rolling machine, he can now sell these prepackaged cigarettes goddamn automation getting rid of american jobs it's true Um, in the 1890s yeah but that wasn't enough for mr duke no 40 percent of the market is not nearly a hundred percent yeah i mean that's not even half that's not even half and he wanted it all so uh in 1890 as well so the same year that he came into control of 40 percent he was like i've got money let me make this 40 90 percent because he took control of his four largest competitors, consolidated them under one company, and in just a blink of an eye, ran or controlled 90% of the American tobacco market. Got it. Right. Um, he then... He's the moved- reason Roosevelt started trust busting. Correct. We'll get to that in a second. So he then moved on to the British um, sort of market. There's the word I'm looking for. Nice. And did some antitrust stuff there. And eventually, in 1906, was forced by the U.S. government to split up his companies. One of those companies. So his big company was called the American Tobacco Company. Mm -hmm. That, I believe, still exists. Or it used to. But it split into four companies. One of them, R.J. Reynolds. Mm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So they're not good people, but they're still around. Um, So you can imagine he needed time in Tobacco Town because if you look at, because I I looked at the companies that were split into, they're all based in Charlotte or in North Carolina. So very... The American Tobacco Company went defunct in 94. 94. Thank you very much. I did not look that far into it. But now we know. Um, So in 19... I just wanted them to be like, they own Camel now or so, you know? Yeah. Well, R.J. Reynolds, they own Marlboro. So that's one of the companies. So anyway... He needed to be in Charlotte more frequently because that is where the tobacco business was. So again, Got 45 it. rooms needed for him. So in 1924, nearing the end of his life, uh, he was only 68 when he died. So he wasn't very old. Oh. Yeah, but he's riddled with lung cancer. But he probably died of some form of lung One cancer. One away yes. from nice. I know. It wasn't quite nice. But so in 1924, close. nearing the end of his life, Duke established the Duke Endowment, which was a forty million in nineteen twenty four dollars equals six hundred and four million in today dollars. Pretty he good. really missed out not calling it an endukement. He really did. <laughs> endukement would have been so much better. That's so much better. Yeah, I agree. Hey, I gotta run to the bathroom. I gotta leave an endukement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have, to, I have to go work in. on my endukement. I have to yeah make another donation to my endukement. <laughs> yeah, like dropping the kids off at school. I got to make another endukement. I dig it. Um, So anyway, he established this $40 million endowment slash trust fund. And a part of it went to establish Trinity College, which we now know today as Duke University. So he's that Duke. Oh, that's that's the Duke. So if you're ever wondering where that name came from, cigarettes. Um, So by the time of his death in 1925, he had added, so in one year, he added another $67 million in 1925 dollars to that trust. So now it sat closer to like a billion dollars. Crazy. So he more than doubled it. 
He did. Pretty good. Um, so half. Of, so when he passed That's away. That's quite an inducement. That is quite an inducement. So um, at uh, his death in 1925, half, about half of his estate, a little under half, I'd say probably like 49%. Um, went to the endowment, so that was approximately nine hundred and eighty-seven million in today dollars. Went to the endowment, um, and then the other fifty-one percent went mostly to his daughter, um, Doris, but also to his wife, um, Doris's mom at that point. So uh, she inherited the equivalent of one point four eight billion dollars at the age of twelve. Hot shit! Yeah, she just by simply existing. Um, and she just bought tricycles. She bought thousands she, upon thousands well, of tricycles. She didn't get the money I until she was 21. Oh. But at 12. She put thousands upon thousands of tricycles on layaway. On layaway where you pay <laughs> like a layaway. penny a day so that when she reached 21, she could have the tricycle she never got as a child. But then her legs were too long. Oh, the tragedy. Oh, oh no. And that's, uh, that's like when she riding a tricycle. <laughs> And that's why she became a serial killer. Yeah, she wasn't a serial killer, but she was a psycho. Um, but apparently Duke's final words to his daughter were trust no one. Oh, nice. God damn yeah. it, Duke. These are definitely formative words in young Doris's mind. Again, listen to our Patreon. Um, you will learn more about it. I'm excited to learn. So, yeah, um, Buck's wife. Uh, left uh, she never loved Charlotte so as soon as he died like she had oh fucked God. off before for, for a quarter of a second I forgot that Charlotte's the city and not the daughter and you were like she never loved Charlotte I was she like hard hated she hated her daughter she no. never loved her daughter so she, she left so she said fuck off no she kind of did fuck off because even before um, Buck passed away she went back to New Jersey to their main family home. She did not like living in Charlotte. So the daughter was left in boarding school down in North Carolina. Buck was out making billions. And then she was just out doing her thing in New Jersey, not paying attention to her daughter again. All right. Cool. Must be nice to be loaded. So anyway, she never really loved Charlotte. So as soon as Buck passed away, she sold the home. Um, she actually tried to sell a number of other homes that the family had owned in New York City. And 13-year-old Doris, through the inducement, sued her own mother to prevent those sales from happening because it's, it's like essentially money that the daughter should get at some point. And well, mom yeah, was going to take that. It kind of makes sense because it's like those kind of weren't hers to sell. Right. Yeah. So they sued and they won. Uh, so little 13-year-old Doris won. So mom was not able to sell any of those properties in New York City and um, Jersey and in Rhode Island. They owned a lot of homes in a lot of different places. Um, so they had anyway, homes and area codes. Different yes, ones. Homes yeah. in different area codes. They've got homes. They <laughs> got in area homes. Combs. Uh, so anyway, she sold the house to the uh, owner of a local car dealership. And um, the house exchanged hands. So they lived there. The car dealership man lived there until until his unexpected death in the late 1920s. He had a heart attack while on some like duck hunting trip. Um, and the house exchanged hands a few times and nearly burned to the ground in the 1960s. Um, the mansion... Hippies. Hippies. The mansion became condos at one point in the 1980s um, until it was bought by Rick and Dee Ray, uh, who restored it to a single family home. And at that point, they were like, maybe we should do 
more you know we should actually restore this home to it to its former glory maybe yeah. we should even set up some sort of foundation to manage this house so they still own it but it's managed by um some sort of foundation it's called the linwood foundation um so yeah and it functions as a hotel meeting space today you can get married there oh fancy. beautiful get married at the tobacco mansion yeah it's so special um, so while I could find no record that the home was supposedly bought in the 1920s at some point by a man named John Avery and his wife, Anastasia, this is the crux of my story. So I'm going to assume it is true and it's not definitely just made true. up malarkey. It's definitely true. You're putting it on the internet. It's true now. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, so according to the website, Queen City Ghosts, Fuck oh, yeah. you know what? Queen City Ghosts gave me a lot of my background, too. Great job, Queen City Ghosts. Great job. It's almost like I bet they're located in Charlotte. I bet almost. Almost. It's like they know their city. So anyway, according to the lovely folks at Queen City Ghosts, John's wife was ill when they purchased the home. And John did all that he could for her to take care of her. But being crippled uh, by polio. Speaking of polio. Oh, shit. Um, she had them polio shits. He had them polio shits. So he was crippled as a youth uh, by the polio. So there was really physically only so much that he could do for his wife um, before he had to send her off to a hospital for permanent care because he simply could not do it on his own. I mean, he got a big ass house. He could afford a nurse. So uh, apparently not. He can afford not- a huge house, but that was it. That was like, that has extended his budget. Not not a nurse that's willing to, to fart around walking between all these different rooms to try to find out where you are when you're going, I've fallen and I can't get up. That's accurate. That's a long walk. That's a very long walk. If she falls mm-hmm. or gets sick, the nurse is right there. They don't have to go hiking through a mansion. Exactly. You don't gotta go find her. You ain't gotta yeah. Marco Polo her in that <laughs> fucking house. Yeah, and that's not fun, especially Marco if Marco Polio. Get oh my god out. how did i not get there how did i miss that great job bob yep that was great it was, it that was, was a call great. and response so that was great that was that's so good yeah and it was only a game that I john could disappointed play. in myself to have missed that god it didn't even cross my fucking mind oh boy. <laughs> so anyway uh after his wife was uh sent to the hospital permanently he got lonely as one would do when you own a giant 45-room home by yourself. So he submitted an ad through the newspaper, Roommate Wanted. Hey, do you want to live hot in a... Hot singles only. Hot singles. Naked Tuesdays a must. your area, I want those naked maids that they market on... Yeah, topless bands. maids. Topless, uh, to- topless, topless maids. maids. Only. And so a topless maid by the name of Maggie answered the call. She said, hey, I need a room. This is I've a got house tops. with many of them. I have tatas. I will put them. Oh, I, I got ex- these tits. I got tits. So I'm going to expose them to you at some point. So anyway, she goes in. She meets with John. They hit it off. She, they both have a love of books. She's a journalist. He's a something or other. And it, very Beauty and the Beast moment. As soon, soon as she sees the library, she's like, oh, my God, I must live here. Oh, my God. What's with this weird rose? Oh, my Never God. Never mind. You know what? I'm West just Wing's not forbidden. West Wing in this house. Have you tried forbidden. shaving? No, none of these. So anyway, she moves in and uh, the two become close. They start start out as friends. 
obviously. And they, then become lovers. They bond over books. They bond over storytelling. And eventually, their friendship blossoms into lure. And they succumb to lust but over, they the, over a bed of dusty book jackets. I was just if reading only. Wuthering Heights. Would you like to suckle my tits? What a horrible book to suckle titties. I don't know. Miserable book. Yep. Full of miserable I want you people. to hoover my heights. Now, now that I'm miserable, I need someone to cheer me up. Please do it with your lips on my clitoris. <laughs> no. The point is, they never come to quite consummate their relationship because although he's in an emotional affair with Maggie at this point, it is not a physical affair. And Maggie... Did you just say they were soaking? Yep. (laughs) Yes, they're they're Doesn't count. They're soaking together. And then he puts a new... New advertising in the paper looking looking for a person to jump on our bed. Yeah, the jumpers. Yeah. Yeah. Searching for jumper. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they never bring your one star reviews, Mormons. I'm ready for. It. <laughs> they never complete the the affair, and Maggie knows that John will never leave his wife while she is alive. So she makes the tough decision that she is going to leave. She is going to move away, separate herself from this man, even though she loves him so much, and. She was trying to make keep herself honest, but then also not ruin his reputation. So, the night before, all she right. Leaves, also, they definitely fucked, right? I mean, I don't know. I have to assume no, because you have to assume no. I have to assume yes. No, why well, do you have to assume no? What do you have some additional information well, about the story we don't know no, about? No, no, if they weren't fucking, what's the point of her leaving? Like, she could just continue to stay and fuck this man, hoping that eventually... So I think she, the whole reason she left is because she was, like, getting some serious dry cooter, you know, symptoms. And, and she... It's like... Anyway, I think... I, can't, I, had a, I had an awful joke, and I can't say it. I think her <laughs> vagina was like, I need to be... I need to be stimulated. Stimulated. And he wasn't yes. offering her said stimulation. Give me, give me them stimmies. So she had give to leave. This. It was her government stimmies. Joe, Joe Biden. Give me that. Give me that. Stim- send me, send me see, them stimulations. See, I assume they were fucking. She felt bad about it. And so she had to leave. Oh, I think both stories plausible. She's now a ruined woman. She doesn't want to be ruined. So anyway, the night before she leaves, they say their tearful goodbyes in the library where they freely nerve. And um, John made her promise um, that she should not have anal with anyone but him. Anyone but him. He goes, look, my my polio stricken penis is the only thing that can be flaccid in your butthole. And she's like, "Okay, All right. Fair. 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 I get it. I mean, you let me live here. So the night before he makes her promise, I need you to come back. Promise me you'll come back in a year dead or alive and we'll meet again. And she's like, "Okay." why the fuck would you say that? no, but he said I have said never it. told someone come back dead or alive. Horny for ghost. Horny uh, for ghost. He wanted it either way, dead or alive. That's our new Broadway and musical, like, Horny for Ghost. The only person I would ever say that to is Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um. So anyway, so she's like, okay, buddy, I will come back next year at midnight at this time. We will reunite. So she leaves. Um. And a year later, she she fulfills her promise. She's like, all right, I'm going to go back. I'm going to I'm going to come back. So she shows up at about 1130 at night and it's storming outside. So it's, you know, your typical like 
the notebook and it's like raining and thunder and lightning and she's standing out there at 11.30 being like, oh, I need to go in. Will he be there for me? Lightning flashes. She looks up at the window and sees a man, a figure of a man standing in the window. She's like, he's here for me. My love is here for me. So she goes over to the door. She knocks three times. Uh-huh. Sign of the devil. Demons. On the ceiling if you want me? Mm-hmm. Yes. If you want me. No. Voice on the pipe. It's the is no... So she she knocks on the door three times. Mark of the devil, and demonic shit. Demonic shit. Mark of the devil. Mark of the devil. Mocking of the Trinity. Yep. Fucking demonic shit. And the door slowly opens, and she she walks inside, but nobody is on the other end to greet her. She's like, that's a bit weird. Um. So she walks into the the room, like the main foyer, and the door slams shut behind her. And she's like, yeah, she's like, that's a little bit scary. Um. So she sort of starts to like waffle do I stay do I go maybe I should leave but then she has a moment of like no we I made this promise I loved this man I'm going to say see him you know one more time so she heads on so she heads upstairs and she heads into the library and as the clock is striking midnight she's like John because like she doesn't see him she doesn't hear him um, and she says, John, and as the clock is striking midnight, she starts to hear footsteps, like his polio dragging footsteps coming across the floor. <laughs> polio steps. Polio steps. <laughs> and she turns, and as the final chime, you know, hits 12, John comes out of the shadows, and and his arms are outstretched to her. And, and she's like, John, Aww. and she rushes towards him and grabs his wrist, but her hands fly right through. And then she and passes oh, through him, tumbles down the stairs to her own death. And John turns, he looks at her, says, dead or alive, right? Winks and disappears. T- comes to find out. He said with a wry smile. Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. Terrifying. So Maggie's like, what the fuck? Writes to John's sister, who tells him he died the night before. And his last words were, dead or alive, it will I make it. And that is the story. So he didn't even die in that house? No. No, he died in that house. He lived and he died in there, but like they had left already. So when she showed up the next oh. day, they had like So like out. he died, the sister immediately moved out. Correct. Okay, okay. Yep, and, and dead or alive, will I make it? The answer is yes. Um, yes, yeah. he did. Yeah, he, he will. And then they finally fucked. fucked. And it's like yeah. a ghost situation. Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, Hell having yeah. their ghost lovey time, which is very weird, but it totally happened. They were not making pottery, though. No. Which was disappointing. It was, but they were, you know, curing polio at that point. So anyway. Way to do it. That is Fuck you, Jonas Salk. Of the Duke Mansion. <laughs> like doing hard science. Yeah. Trying to, trying to figure solve polio. polio. And just, no, there is no just, hornier work than virology. It's true. <laughs> like they're just trying to hard pour things polio. into test tubes, but they can't measure accurately because, because of all the fucking, banging. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're just <laughs> like the momentum of it all. They just can't. The water is, the virus is sloshing everywhere. I've, I've got a tincture for your test tube, my dear. Yay. Test tube. So there we go, kids. So yeah, that's that's the Haunted Duke Mansion. Like to show you my Earl and Meyer flask. <laughs> so it's tell me, bulbous, tell me, bulbous friend. Earl and Meyer flask. Let's let's make a solution. So fifty percent you, fifty percent me. 
Brent, tell us about this beer. Okay. Let's get Engineer so, Bob off of the chest tube. So, okay. Chemistry humor. Yes. Again, this is from Saltfire Brewing, uh, which is local here in Salt Lake City. Or I don't live in Salt Lake City, but if you live there, it would be local there. Utah. I'd like to covalently to bond my penis to your vagina. Shush. So it is a summer blonde ale. It's called Charlotte Sometimes. Yep. The can, for some reason, says happy sad. Don't know why. <laughs> Don't know why. It's 5.6% alcohol by volume. It also has one of those football fishes on it. The little like bobble like Eddie. Yeah. It's Don't know why. fishes. Yeah. Isn't that what that's called? Sure. Yeah. Football fish. Total football yeah. fish. I don't know why it's on this, but it is. Um, it says Charlotte is a cool, but not too cool, blonde hanging out at the back of the salt fire barbecue. Drinkable and approachable, Charlotte's subtle, well-balanced malt flavors mm. taste like sunshine after rain with just a touch of hops. Perfect for those in search of something smooth and delicate. I do still do not understand why it's called Charlotte sometimes. Maybe well, there's a person at the brewery named Charlotte. Maybe. And like she uh, was like that super hot chick that like he had a crush on. So he named maybe. a beer after her and was like, she's I so learned cool. nothing from the stupid beer poetry on this goddamn no, can. But tell me but, how. But what I did learn is, is it's pretty good oh, for a blonde. It's pretty good. I do feel like on a hot summer day, this crisp blonde would be very good. Yeah, okay. imagine, you're, imagine you're in Charlotte. It's 80. muggy. It's 80 and muggy as fuck. Yeah. Do you want to drink that? Probably. I think if it was muggy, I might want something crisper. This is a very full-bodied, like round mouthfeel blonde. Okay. Hmm. Um, like this is not this is not a baseball beer. Oh, okay. Like it doesn't drink like a like a coal sure. Like right. it doesn't drink like a baseball not beer. Not a poundable baseball beer. No, it is delightful. It's still light because it's a light yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's bringing a lot of flavor to the table. I wonder if that's the touch of hops. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't taste especially hoppy to me. But, but you know me, I, I like to dead. be punched in the mouth by a Christmas tree. Yeah. yeah. So your palate has been no, murdered. How dare you? Palate is refined. Sure, sure it is. Well, good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, good. Eric. Now that all the, the bubbles have died down, it's, it's it was more too drinkable. many. It was too many bubbles. Yeah, it, it's a good it's, amount of carbonation now. Yeah, now there's a good amount. Yeah, I like it. I, rec- I recommend. I think it's great. Now it's like 70 degrees here. Yeah. It's perfect for today. I think maybe not great in the snow. No, probably not. That's just mocking you at that yeah. point. Mocking yeah, you with your like summer it. air. Would recommend will buy next summer. Awesome. Good. Well, yeah, that's the part of the show where your old pal Bob gets to pick a winner. Hey, guess what I love? Finnegan what? old malarkey. That guy's great. Hoity toity. Do you know what else I love? I love Duke's butt, but I didn't learn anything about it. So that's points off for Melissa. You know what else I love? Philip P. Falls down. That guy didn't make it. You know what I said? Alfred P. Falls down. You know what oh, Alfred P. Falls down? I, I, you know what? I wrote it down a minute later than I should have. Anyway, uh, you know what else I love? I love the chemistry of fucking. I made a bunch of great jokes. You should have laughed at him. Hey, you know what else I love? The Red Lawn. Red. Great name. But if there's one thing I love more than anything, that it's dropping in Duke Mints. Ah, Melissa wins. <laughs> oh, no. He, he told you you weren't going to win. And then but he, then you won anyway. Ah, Those in Duke under you. He's, the inducements are too powerful to ignore. Powerful inducements. Can't ignore uh, them. Listeners, you are also too powerful to ignore. It's true. Agreed. So thank you so much for tuning in once again. Yeah, this, come uh, back next week. There'll be, there'll be more booze. And there will be Bruce. <laughs> Until then, cheers. cheers.
Not bad for a pen. Yeah. 